It's time for Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck, here's Lance Meadow. Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point is brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Peerless Boilers, America's best-built boilers. Bud Light, keep it crisp. NRG, the official energy provider of the New York Football Giants. Learn more at picknrg.com. River Spring Health, call 800-56-SENIOR. And brought to you by your local Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers. Visit mbusa.com for special offers. Lance Meadow with you as we're recapping the Giants' 28-14 loss to the Buffalo Bills as the Giants fall to 0-2 on the season. They have now started off 0-2 for the sixth time in the last seven years, and they have lost three straight regular season home openers, 2017 home against Detroit, 2018 against Jacksonville, and this year against another AFC foe, the Buffalo Bills. This was a game that was 21-7 at the break as the Buffalo Bills really pounded the ball on the ground in the second half, and that played right into their hands because Buffalo is the type of team that they know they have a strong defense, and if they can maintain that lead with their defense, they'll look to milk the clock, and that's exactly how the second half played out. The Giants took a 7-0 lead just like they did against the Dallas Cowboys. When they marched down the field on the opening possession, got into the end zone, last week is Evan Ingram, this week it was Saquon Barkley, and then the Buffalo Bills scored three straight touchdowns on three straight possessions to make it a 21-7 game, and the New York Giants were never able to regroup and recover from that point. A number of big plays on the ground, a number of big plays through the air, very similar to what we saw with the Dallas Cowboys, and I bring in Carl Banks, and Carl, as I mentioned, last week we saw a lot of big plays given up by the defense, and this week it seemed to be a continuation of the same things that troubled them just a week ago in the opener in Dallas. Well, it would be easy, Lance, if we could point to one person, but it's across the board. Like, it's a mess in the defensive backfield. You get missed assignments, missed tackles, um, you know, we're not questioning the effort. Um, when they make plays, they make plays, but there's no level of consistency. And that's something that has to be addressed in meeting rooms. And you got to teach sound fundamentals. You got to play sound fundamentals. And you look at the rookie, you say, well, you got to live with some of the rookie mistakes. Hey, you're a starter. Every team in the NFL Starts rookies. Deals with young players. Yeah. yeah. So you got to coach him up, but the player has to commit to his fundamentals. People were screaming, oh, put him in press coverage. That's what he's used to in college. Put him in press coverage, he lets the guy get off the line of scrimmage anyway. You know, so you got he's got to have some confidence in his, his techniques. Uh, they've got to coach him up. Bottom line, they have to be better. Let's go to the podium. Pat Shermer speaking to the media. All right, first I thought uh, Buffalo did a good job. Well done. They took advantage of opportunities. They scored when they need to early or needed to early. Um, and then when we, we tightened it up a little bit and played a little better defense at the end, uh, we need we got to make sure we score. I thought early in the game, the missed field goal and then obviously the interception before the half, um, those are uh, scoring opportunities that you can't miss on. Um, we knew going into it they were a good defense. Um, Felt like throughout I wanted to keep Saquon involved as much as we could, uh, even though the, the score got to the way it was. Um, and then uh, ultimately we just didn't make enough plays to win. 
credit Buffalo. They played well um, in all three phases of the game, and um, we didn't make enough plays. So with that, I'll take your questions. Coach, what was a big difference you saw defensively in that first half that you were able to do in that second half? I think we just challenged better. Um, that was that was more of the focus. Make sure we just challenged everything, and we did. And um, you know, I think um, you know they got a couple of incomplete passes within the drive. They were completing passes as early, and uh, that was keeping drives alive. When you get those incomplete passes on first, second down, it, it puts pressure on your third downs. And I think that's where. Uh, and then they had a couple penalties. So some of it was, and I think base, basically from a defensive standpoint, we just challenged more and better. How were you able to get DeAndre Baker to, to settle down after a rocky start? He played better toward the back end of the game. Yeah, well, you just got to keep talking to him. You know, this is his uh, fourth half of football in the NFL. And, you know, just got to keep talking to him. I, the guys did a good job of coaching him. He keeps, he's a tough guy. And he learns from every play that he's involved in, and he'll continue to learn as he goes forward. Why do you think he's struggling so badly these first couple of weeks? Well, we lost, right? It, it, both scenarios, um, both scenarios, point-wise, played out the same. They got ahead on us. I meant DeAndre oh, DeAndre? Yeah. Uh, I think it's just he's a he's a you know he's a rookie corner, and he's just learning how to play the game at this level. And um, I think he keeps challenging, and he'll keep continuing to get better because he has the skill and ability to do it. Coach, the first two weeks you've had good opening drives and have scored on them. Why do you think the offense hasn't been as consistent moving forward in the game? Uh, well, some of the things that you know happen to their offense happen to ours. You know, we get penalties, or for whatever reason, we don't um, you know get those yards you need on first, second down, and then you got those longer third downs that become a challenge for every team. Can you speak to the impact that T.J. Jones had today? Yeah, he did a great job. You know, he caught the touchdown pass, certainly. He had the long uh, uh, punt return, which was excellent. Set us up in a position to get points, which we didn't. So uh, for being here just a couple of days, he, he did a very nice job. And how would you assess Eli's play today? I think he, his play is uh, indicative of how our team played. You know, there were some really good plays in there, and then there's some things that uh, we need to improve on. Pat, uh, starting the season 0-2 puts you in a little bit of a challenge here going forward. What's your message to the guys as you get ready for week three? Well, we got to get, we got to go win a game in Tampa. That's the message, and um, that's just the way you got to. That's how you got to roll this thing out. Just go play. You, um, um, last week, obviously, Buffalo had a lot of deflections, and they did again today. They did again. So obviously, you know that that's something they can do well. How do you think your guys handle it? I mean, obviously, the interception is a huge play. On the yeah, election. I mean, the tip ball, you know, it happens. Um, they're good at it. Uh, I thought our guys, for the most part, did a good job protecting. And when a guy can't get home, you know, then they put their hands up. So um, the one that was deflected, Saquon was running an option route. We're trying to throw him the ball, and he broke inside, and that's where the throwing lane was, and they tipped it. What's your overall level of concern at 0-2 and just not playing the way you uh, well, I think my focus is going to go right to the next opponent. That's that's where it's going to go. When Cody went down, did that hamper the way you wanted to run the offense since you only had three healthy receivers left? We came into this, obviously, we, we weren't quite sure that Cody was going to make it till, you know, late yesterday, I guess it was. So um, played much more 12 and 21 than I normally would do. Um, our receiver situation, it just is what it is. And the guys got to go out there and step up, you know, and. Some guys did. Would you, will you 
consider eventually getting Daniel in? Is that something you, well, at what point do you start thinking about that or looking into that? I think we've got to look at how the, our team played, and we've got to just go back and, and take, you know, take steps to get better in all areas. Um, I don't, I don't think that's a conversation for right now. Uh, I think we got to get everybody's got to play better. Is it a concern? The, it seems like the fans are getting upset early. I mean, is that a concern for you guys? I thought the fans. There was a stretch that when we downed the punt inside the one, that was that was awesome. And I thought the fans did a great job of trying to uh, energize things. We got great fans. And they deserve to see wins. And at this point, at least through today, we haven't won. And so we got to do what we can to win and um, help them feel better about things. Coach, Take two more. Coach, that first TD drive was pretty much all Barkley. Why do you think it took so long before the passing attack to gel like, into the second half? Uh, I, I don't know that. I, you know, I thought there were any time you don't complete passes, uh, certainly uh, there's reasons for it. We, we talked earlier about the tip balls, uh, if you have pressure or you just don't execute on the, the throw and the, and the catch part of it, um, or they defended it. And there's probably all those things that showed up. What did they do defensively to by defensive back Janoris Jenkins? Oh, it went none. Did, uh, did a receiver score? Oh, okay, well. We played, we played great on the secondary. We just got to step it up a little bit more. What about how there's a lot of third down conversions, though, that were completed there? Yeah, we, we just got to come through, man, as a defense and get off the field on third down. Where do you think you saw the most progress, Janoris, from Jack Rapper from the first half to the second half as your defense improved later in the game? Uh, just knowing what they was doing um, third the second half, uh, understanding more route recognitions and you know, formations and stuff like that. How frustrating to be 0 2 again. It seems to be kind of every year. <sighs> Man, it's frustrating, but uh, we got a lot of dollars in here. I think we're going to pull it through, come out, and just continue to work. Is there anything specific you feel like you need to change to get that win in Tampa Bay in terms of staying around? Uh, we just got to keep going, man, keep fighting. Everybody got to finish strong, play hard, harder. Everybody got to step it up or not. That's Norris Jenkins. I'm going to slide out of here and see if Eli Manning is ready on the other side of the locker room. Let's take a look as we walk across. We're in the locker room, and the locker room segment is brought to you by MetLife, the official insurance company of the New York Giants. And Eli Manning will be with us in just a moment here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point as I make my way across the locker room here. And I'm joined by the quarterback of the New York Football Giants. That's Eli Manning. It's brought to you by Toyota, the official vehicle of the New York Giants. Eli, again, you guys come out, first drive of the game, up and down the field, bing, bang, boom, another score, and then things seem to slow down a little bit. Yeah, you know, we got, we got to, uh, you know, we're do, starting fast, and that's great. We got to continue to do that, but we just got to find ways to, um, you know, after that first drive to, to move it, convert on third downs, and, and score more points. So, um, you know, we just stalled out, uh, you know, too many times and, and didn't convert on third downs enough. Is that a matter of them making some adjustments? You guys not executing as well? When you I obviously, have to, obviously have to look at the tape, yeah. but just the early impressions. Um, you know, it's always going to be a little bit of both. I think it's just um, you know we just didn't, we, you know we didn't have the success on first and second down, so we got into some third and uh, longer stuff, and then um, you know just uh, you, know, uh, you know you know close had some batted balls on first and second down. You know, just some things where we have guys open instead of, instead of getting first downs or. Or you're getting seven, eight yards, you're, you know, you get nothing. So we just, um, and then third downs, just, um, you know, they mixed things up and, and had a good plan and had some things covered, and, and you know, then we missed a few also. 
What is about this Bills team and the way they bat balls at the line of scrimmage? They did it last week against the Jets, and they got you guys a couple times today, and, and one turned into a turnover. Yeah, I don't know. They do a good job, I guess, just uh, you know getting their hand up uh, in the interior and and um, uh, and batting some. So yeah, unfortunate today. You know, instead of having a you know possibly a first down, it gets tipped and intercepted. So those those hurt you. How essential was the sequence at the end of the first half? You guys don't convert on the field goal, you get the ball back, and then you can't convert on another scoring opportunity. Against a defense like this, is that something you're going to look back at and go, you know, maybe that was our chance to get where we needed to get? Yeah, definitely. You know, that, that, that one hurts. You know, we had, um, you know, had a third down, you know, had a, had a you know, kind of a, a whole shot to, uh, uh, to Benny, and the safety made a good play in, in hitting him and knocking the ball loose. And, and so, you know, we missed the field goal, so we get no points out of that. Again, we get a great punt return. Um, and yeah, you know, have a good first down play. We're driving, and you know, you get a, just a tip ball, and a, you know, um, and a guy behind you intercepts it. So um, you know, sometimes that's just football and the way the way bounces go. And um, but you know, yeah, definitely getting no points on those two situations, um, you know, uh, hurt us and and, and uh, took away a little momentum. Obviously, it's the NFL. It's a next man up type of league. But against this defense, one of the best passing defenses in football. How much of a challenge was it to be here without Golden Tate, without Storm Shepard, and then you lose Cody Latimer through the game as well? Yeah, I mean, I thought you know they're good. You know, they did a good job with their pass rush and, and changing up coverages and, and making it tough. I thought you know I thought our receivers did well, uh, made some nice plays, uh, you know, did some good things, and you know they do a good job just not giving up many uh, deep plays. So we didn't have you know we didn't have uh, many shots, um, and it's just one of those hey you're gonna have to. You know, dink and dunk sometimes, and then all of a sudden you're trying to do that, and they're batting balls, and you're getting nothing. So, uh, you know, that's that's why they're a good defense. They do a good job of, uh, you know, of playing their style. Finally, you're 0-2. You're heading now to Tampa next week. Just mindset in the locker room. What's your message to the team, and just what has to happen for this team to rebound and get their first one of the season? Yeah, just keep. You know, we gotta just keep fighting. Um, you know, obviously it, it comes down to we gotta play better on on game day. Uh, offensively, we gotta score more points. We gotta stay on the field. We gotta, um, you know, just. Um, you know, extend drives and keep drives going. Once you know, once we get some you know good things uh, happening, so um, you know we just got to look hard at the film, make corrections, and and uh, make sure we're playing better football. Thank you, Eli. Thanks a lot. Giants quarterback Eli Manning again brought to you by Toyota, the official vehicle of the New York Football Giants. Eli, we'll head to the podium. I'm going to slide over here and see if I can get in front of Benny Fowler's locker. Or do we have our second mic there? We do. Let's go to our second mic, who's in front of the locker of Benny uh, Fowler. We just got to keep going. Uh, we show that we can move the ball as an offense. Um, so we just got to finish. We got to finish drives with points. When we get down there in the red zone, we can't, you know, have penalties. We got to finish with touchdowns. Can't finish with field goals. What's it going to take to get a win in Tampa next week? All hands on deck. Special teams, offense, defense, we're all going to have to play well. We're all going to have to step up to the challenge. It's going to be hot down there, so we're going to have to go out there and make plays. And, you know, we just got to take it one play at a time. Barkley really got going. Do you feel like when he gets going, it, it allows you guys to get some one-on-ones? Oh, absolutely. You're the best running back in the league. So, um, you know, anytime we can get the ball in two seconds hands, like, he's going to make plays. So we just got to continue to get the ball in his hands and take advantage of the opportunities when we get them. In front of his locker here in the Giants locker room. Our second mic's going to head over there and wait on Saquon Barkley when he gets back to his locker. Evan Ingram's over there too. We'll let you know when we have them ready to go. I'm in front of the locker of DeAndre Baker, and when one of these guys begins to talk, I will let you know, Lance. But for now, let's throw it back upstairs to you. All right, thank you so much, John. A reminder that Pat Shermer's press conference was brought to you by your local Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers. Visit MBUSA. 
MetLife.com for special offers as the Bills top the Giants 28-14 here at MetLife Stadium. Giants off to an 0-2 start for the sixth time in the last seven seasons. And we just heard from Pat Shermer as well as Eli Manning and another game in which the Giants had multiple drives stall as a result of third down struggles. This is a team now that is 5 of 23 on third down over the course of two games. They were 2 of 11 last week. Not any better today, 3 of 12, and the inability to convert on those third downs, a big reason why the Giants struggled to finish off drives with points, whether it be touchdowns or field goals, and Holdrick Rosas missed a 48-yard attempt in the first half. They then got the ball back, and Eli Manning pass was batted down at the line of scrimmage, intercepted by Trent Murphy. It was one of those games where the Giants got off to a great start with an opening drive touchdown, and then everything simply unraveled after that, and this game played right into the hands of the Buffalo Bills because it's a team which strength goes to the defensive side of the ball. When you give this Buffalo Bills team a lead, they are able to run the football with Frank Gore and Devin Singletary, and that's exactly what they did. 34 rushes for the Buffalo Bills for 151 yards, nearly four and a half yards per carry, and they looked to pound the ball and milk the clock in the second half, knowing that the pressure wasn't on for them to get any more than 28 points. As far as the Giants are concerned, they had 20 carries for 129 yards on the ground. Saquon Juan Barkley led the way with 18 carries for 107 yards, as that is the Giants' power report. And the Giants' power report brought to you by PSENG, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. Barkley wound up with 21 touches in this game compared to 15 in the opener against the Dallas Cowboys. There was a lot of talk about how much he would be involved in the offensive game plan throughout the course of today's contest, and the Giants did get him involved early. They ran five plays on their first drive, all on the ground. It was Barkley, it was Benny Fowler, and they easily marched up and down the field against the Buffalo Bills. And then after that, the Giants just continued to struggle on third down. And as a result, the Buffalo Bills walked away with a two-touchdown victory over the New York Giants. So up next is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the Giants will head on the road. We will step aside when we come back. We'll look ahead to that Bucks game, certainly. We'll take you through some more statistics, and we'll hear from Locker Room Reaction as the Giants fall to the Bills. 28-14 here at MetLife Stadium. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Back in the Giants locker room, here's Janoris Jenkins. Little techniques and things that coach told me and went out there and did a second half. How tough was it to see you guys go down score so quick and the next thing you know it's 21-7? You know it was tough, but we were just trying to find a way, you know, things that could help us. Andrew, what are you learning about this game now that it's regular season, the speed is a lot quicker? I mean, what have you learned these last couple of weeks? Uh, every team do something different, so you know you got to just watch your film and be ready for whatever they do best. Was there anything the Bills brought in this game that caught you guys by, caught you guys by surprise at all? Or? No, nah, they, they stuck to their game plan. They executed. I mean, they made plays. We made plays. We just didn't come out on top. Go back to the drawing board, you know, work on the things that we didn't do well. Is it tough having Josh Allen out there with his mobility? Just he's all over the place. Uh, not really. I think our D-line did a good job, you know, containing him in this game. You know, just you know, in the back end, we're holding up. Just got a small things we got to fix to execute. What's your mental approach? You maybe face a couple plays that didn't go your way, but you have to come out and you have to forget it and, and move on. Oh, yeah, you just got to have short-term memories, always the next play, the next play. So just you know, forget about last play. You can't redo it, so just make sure it don't happen again. 
learn from it. This is all, all about learning. That's DeAndre Baker. Let's throw it to mic number two, where Lorenzo Carter's addressing the media. Let's listen in. In hindsight, really don't mean too much. We get it right. Lorenzo, did the you, know, you guys go down so fast, just like last week in score, and next thing you know, there's 21-7. Yeah. yeah, it's a little tough, but we just got to keep playing ball. Historically, only 13% of teams that start 0-2 make, even make the playoffs. I know you mentioned the Super Bowl. Uh, Thing, how much of a uphill is this going to be for this group now? I mean, statistics aren't what I do. I don't look at statistics. I don't care about statistics. I worry, I'm worried about next week coming out playing football, put my helmet on somebody. Football here is that something that Pat brought up, or is that nah, kind of you or did you just know that? Yeah, I know that. Gotta get it right. Appreciate it. Carter. Uh, we're standing by for Saquon Barkley. In the meantime, I'm going to slide over and get T.J. Jones, and our second mic's going to go wait for uh, Saquon Barkley over there. Let's listen on T.J. Jones addressing the media. Actions you did, but was there any surprise at all? In, in, in I, w I wouldn't say surprise, just because mentally I prepared as if I was going to play that much, just to better prepare myself um, for the situation in case you know Cody goes down and now I'm playing most of the plays you know, through those last couple drives. If I didn't mentally prepare myself to be ready, you know, it might have been a little tougher. Um, what were you doing um, when you were not here? Uh, working out in Atlanta and hanging out with my family, my wife and kids. Uh, we all have a, our off-season house down there because that's where I grew up. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, a, there's some good to that, you know, being with your family. But you, you... I mean, yeah, it's, it's great to be with the family. It's definitely uh, the timing of the year wasn't the best. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I choose to, you know, I'm a half glass, half empty glass, half full guy. I can sit at home and sulk and not work out and be scared or bummed that I'm not with the team. Or I can work out, enjoy the extra couple minutes or hours I get with my family, knowing that eventually the call's going to come. And when it does come, you know, I have to be ready to give my all to work so I won't have that time with my family. Did they tell you when they made the decision not to keep you that, hey, stay on alert because we'll, we may need to call you back? I would. I think it was. It was more of a stay ready. You know how the game goes. Injuries and everything. You know, it's, it didn't say, "Hey, we're gonna bring you back." It's, you know, stay in shape. If something happens, you know, your name on a list will consider. Um, but obviously, they have other guys and other moves they would make. So, um, I just stayed in shape really to give myself the best opportunity, uh, no matter who called, to go in and to be able to just to get through the first practice there. Um, let alone game. That's TJ Jones. We're still waiting on Saquon. We'll have him in a second. In a minute, I'm going to jog across the locker room here, and I'm going to get my mic in front of Alec Ogletree, one of the defensive captains who was addressing the media on this end of the locker. Let's listen in. You know, we was able to get pressure on him and get some sacks in there, and, you know, I wish we could have had some turnovers in there. We had, you know, some balls in the air that, you know, we, we should have got, but we didn't get, and, you know, we, we need those things. So, you know, they said we just we just adjusted at halftime, and, and you know, guys were you know receptive of it, and, and went out there and executed well. So you made changes. It wasn't like you needed to do the same thing. You made no, you had, you had to make changes. What we were doing wasn't working. You know, the first half, and obviously they went up three scores or something like that the first half. So, you know, for us it was about you know coming in, making those adjustments, and and going out there the second half and executing at a high level. And you know, I thought we did that. 
discouraging? Is it that I'm sure on the sideline you're thinking we've stopped them four straight times. It's 21-14. We just need them one more time. That's our job to 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 make stops every each and every time we step out on the field. So, you know, we can't look at how many times they got the ball back or whatever. When we defense out there, it's our job to go out there and, and get get off the field, get the ball back to our offense and. You know, like I said, we just have to continue to do that and, you know, carry that into next week. So That's Alec Ogletree. Let's go to our second mic. Saquon Barkley has begun addressing the media. Third down and finishing the red zone. Um, and, you know, uh, we continue to start great. Uh, we we got to have the season continue to go on. We got to continue to have that on our back pocket. Back pocket, a great start. But um, we just got to find a way to execute better and win games. What's your level of frustration and disappointment starting 0-2? Um, yeah, it's very disappointing starting 0-2. Um, but you know what? You still get to live another day. Um, the season's not over. Um, our chance at the playoffs are not over. So, uh, but you can't keep having that mindset. You know, you got to come in and attack it. Uh, we definitely got to execute better. Uh, we got to come to practice. Uh, we got to practice at a high level. Um, just try everything that we're doing. Just try to turn up another notch, um, just so we can take care of the rest of the games in the season. Got that good first open drive out there. What did they do after that? What kind of adjustments did they make? They're a good defense. What adjustments did you see them make? Um, yeah, they're a very great defense. Um, you know, you could see that they're a little more um, downhill, a little more focused on the run game. Um, that's that's life. That's what you know we're going to be probably the rest of the season. Um, a lot of teams are going to try to focus on the run game and um, take away the running backs. But hey, that's part of it. And I think the the wide receiver, the O line, did it. Eli did a great job. Um, of answering, but you know, we just got to answer better. I mean, it's got to execute better, and it just comes down to execution. Um, that's simple. Um, the, the teams that every team that won today, I bet you they execute better than other team. It's just that simple. Come down to X and O's, and we got to be better in that. Execution. What do you think is such a struggle on third down in particular? Um, you know, we got to be better on first and second down. We got to be better of not giving penalties. Um, you know, when we get penalties and we're having drive killers. When we put ourselves back in uh, third and 11, third and two, the defense is playing at the sticks. Um, you know, it's cool to so them, they're doing their job, but uh, we got to find a way to be better in first and second downs. But even if we're in long third down situations or short uh, third down situations, we got to find a way to execute and capitalize on it. Would you have thought if I Um, I would have said you're a liar, um, to be completely honest, because that's how that's how much confidence I have in this team, um, not just on the offense, but the defense and the special team. And my confidence is not going to go away. Um, never will. Um, my belief in this team will never will. Um, I just think that's something that we got to focus on. We got to believe in each other. Uh, that's what we did in the second half of the season last year. Um, just, we got back to team football, just playing for one another. Um, if we could continue to do that um, and get back to that, um, I think we could turn the season around. How much did it hurt to come away empty on those two possessions at the end of the first half? Um, yeah, definitely hurt. Uh, you know, uh, to come away empty, um, not being able to put points on the board. Uh, but um, I think we came out, you know, fast in the uh, second half. Um, we talked about it in here. We uh, we addressed the situation, um, but we just didn't go out there and execute. And that's just what it comes down to: execution. Saquon, does anything need to change with this team's mindset, do you think? No. Um, I, would, I, I don't think so. Um, I'm not concerned about the mindset. I'm not concerned about the belief. I'm not concerned about the confidence. I'm not concerned about anything. The only thing we got to do is execute better. Um, it's a simple game. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go on. There's a lot of movements that go on. Went into it by the end of the day. It's a simple game. It's football. Um, it's whoever executes better. Um, uh, what we got to do is continue to believe in each other. But we just got to turn up a little notch, you know. Uh, we start off on two. You got to get back to the drawing board and be, be realistic with each other. Be realistic with each other in the locker room. I think that we all, the, 
gain um, that respect from each other where we could be realistic. And that was Giants running back Saquon Barkley speaking with reporters following the Giants' 28-14 loss to the Bills here at MetLife Stadium. We'll step aside when we come back. It's been a numbers game that has not been in favor of the Giants through the first two games. We'll take a closer look at the statistics. We'll also get into the highlights from this game. A little bit later on, we'll hear from you at 877-337-6666. Bills 28, Giants 14. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. I'm Gloria Chapa with Giants Game Day Traffic, brought to you by Monmouth University. One hour from Midtown, one mile from the beach, where opportunity meets inspiration. Visit monmouth.edu. The western spur of the New Jersey Turnpike is slammed northbound from 16W all the way up to the Vince Lombardi, starting to see some southbound delays as well. The eastern spur is heavy in both directions into 15W. Now, eastbound Route 3, it's bumper to bumper from the stadium into the New Jersey Turnpike, and then it's jammed up into 495. Westbound's also filling up coming off of the Meadowlands. Route 120 is heavy in both directions off the Meadowlands. And Route 17 northbound, forget it, it's heavy. From Route 120 all the way up to Henry Street and Building. Meanwhile, at the Lincoln Tunnel, it's 20 minutes inbound. The George Washington Bridge is 40 minutes inbound. Once you get off the George on the New York side, the ramp from the George to the Henry Hudson southbound is blocked because of a vehicle fire. You're going to have to take a different exit. Now back to more game day coverage of Giants football with Lance Meadow on the WFAN Giants radio network. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Points. For those of you who are listening to the Yankees-Blue Jays game on 101.9 WFAN-FM, we welcome you back into the mix here on the Giants radio network. The player of the game brought to you by the members and contractors of local 825 operating engineers, ELEC 825, building our future. And the player of the game is Saquon Barkley. He finished with 135 total yards. It came on a total of 18 carries as well as an additional three receptions. So 21 touches for the Giants running back, and he scored the first touchdown for Big Blue. That gave them a 7-0 lead as they marched down the field for five plays and 75 yards. Let's run you through the stats brought to you by Bud Light. Keep it crisp. We mentioned the rushing numbers. Eli Manning, 26 of 45 for 250 yards. One touchdown pass to T.J. Jones in the back of the end zone. He was picked off twice. One was off a batted ball at the line of scrimmage that Trent Murphy came up with, the former Washington Redskin, a player that the Giants are very familiar with, given his days playing in the division. And then the other one coming deep down the field as Eli Manning was going for the home run. In the receiving core, it was Benny Fowler that led the way. Five catches, 51 yards. Had a few drops on a pair of third and nines, one of which he took a hard hit to the rib area. Cody Latimer left the game because of a concussion. He had three catches for 30 yards. Remember, Latimer was a question mark to begin with because he suffered a calf injury during Wednesday's practice. And we heard from Pat Shermer after the game. He had mentioned that they didn't really know whether he was good to go until yesterday late in the day. And they were already down Sterling Shepard because of the concussion. And, of course, Golden Tate is still serving that four-game suspension. Evan Ingram, who had career highs last week, 11 catches, 116 
15 yards. The Bills did a really nice job keeping him in check. He did finish with six receptions for 48 yards. T.J. Jones hauling in three for 38. And Cody Core, who they claimed from the Cincinnati Bengals right before the start of the season, chipped in with three for 28. On the Buffalo Bills side of things, Josh Allen, 19 of 30 for 253 yards and a touchdown pass. He was sacked three times. Marcus Golden had two of them. Olsen Pierre with one. Josh Allen had 210 passing yards at halftime, and when I was talking with Jeff Fiegels, I brought up the fact the Bills had not had a 300-plus yard passer for 34 straight games. So you figured, well, Allen was looking very pretty to hammer out that stretch and knock off that drought, but he didn't have to throw the football. In the second half of the game, eight pass attempts, wound up with 43 passing yards. The Bills pounded the ball on the ground, 34 carries, 151 yards as a team. Devin Singletary had 57 on the ground. Frank Gore added 68. They each had a touchdown. Allen also ran in for a score. And speaking of touchdowns, the Giants now have had their opponents enter the red zone six times in the first two games. And the Cowboys and the Bills have scored on all six of those opportunities. And that's a telling stat. The third down, lack of efficiency is another telling stat. As the Giants, 5 of 23, just 22% over the first two games. And how about this? Minus four turnover differential. They've had two turnovers in each of the first two games and not one takeaway. And that is usually a big indication of wins and losses in the National Football League. For the Bills receiving core, Cole Beasley, four catches, 83 yards. John Brown, who had a very impressive showing at this very stadium last week against the Jets when he had over 100 receiving yards, was able to move the chains multiple times, seven receptions for 72 yards. So that is the stats from today's game as the Giants fall to the Bills 28-14. to They are now 0-2 for the sixth time in the last seven seasons, and they have lost their last three regular season home openers. The injury report brought to you by Hackensack Meridian Health. Life years ahead. As I mentioned earlier, Cody Latimer suffered a concussion, so he's now going to have to go through the concussion protocol. We'll see whether or not Sterling Shepard makes progress, but they are going to go to Tampa Bay next week for their second road game in the first three contests, and it'll be very interesting to see how this receiving core shapes up heading into that third contest, given some of the struggles that they're dealing with on the injury front. We will step aside when we come back. We'll run you through the NFL scoreboard. We'll take you through the highlights of this game. A little bit later on, we'll be rejoined by Carl Banks, and we'll hear from you at 877-337-6666 as the Giants fall to 0-2 on the season, getting down by the Bills 28-14 here in East Rutherford, New Jersey. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. I'm Gloria Chapa with Giants Game Day Traffic, brought to you by Monmouth University. One hour from Midtown, one mile from the beach, where opportunity meets inspiration. Visit monmouth.edu. The western spur of the New Jersey Turnpike is pretty slammed northbound from 16W up to the Vince Lombardi service area and beyond. Southbound's also filling up. The eastern spur is slow in both directions into 15W. Now Route 3 eastbound is full from the stadium all the way into the turnpike on into 495. 495 eastbound is also filling up towards the Lincoln Tunnel. And if you're heading westbound, it's heavy from the stadium all the way to Route 21. Route 120 is slow in both directions off the Meadowlands. And then Route 17 northbound is pretty jammed from Route 120 up to Henry Street and Hasbrook Heights. 
heading over to the Hudson River crossings, the George Washington Bridge, 30 minutes inbound, and the ramp from the George to the southbound Henry Hudson has a car fire, only the left lane's getting by. Lincoln Tunnel is 20 minutes inbound, the Holland is 20 minutes inbound as well. Now back to more game day coverage of Giants football with Lance Meadow on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. All right, thank you so much as we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point as the Bills top the Giants 28-14. We're going to take you around the NFL scoreboard, but first, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. The Yankees lose in Toronto 6-4, return home to play the Angels, who will be without Mike Trout as season is over. Bears and Broncos follow the Giants on WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. All right, Lance Meadow with you here at the Geico Sports Desk with this sports update. Three games currently in progress across the NFL Week 2 scoreboard. You have the Raiders leading the Chiefs 10-7. They're about midway through the second quarter. Also in the second, the Bears and the Broncos are tied at three, and the Rams blanking the Saints 3-0 at the tail end of the first quarter. Everything else went final earlier today. The Colts held off the Titans 19-17. It was the Cowboys 31, Redskins 21, Dak Prescott, three touchdown passes to three different targets. Patriots hammered the Dolphins 43-0. It didn't take long for Antonio Brown to settle in. He had three catches for 36 yards on New England's first drive, later scored a touchdown. Tom Brady finished with three scores, two passing, one rushing. New England returned two of Ryan Fitzpatrick's three interceptions for touchdowns. The Niners cruised past the Bengals 41-17. Jimmy Garoppolo, three touchdown passes to three different targets. Jeff Wilson added two scores on the ground. Lions edged the Chargers 13-10. Matt Stafford, two touchdown passes. Texans held off the Jaguars 13-12. Deshaun Watson with a rushing score. Ravens beat the Cardinals 23-17. Lamar Jackson, two touchdown passes to two different tight ends, including Mark Andrews. Jackson also added over 100 yards on the ground. The Packers topped the Vikings 21-16. Aaron Rodgers, a pair of touchdown passes. Seahawks survived the Steelers 28-26. Russell Wilson, three touchdown passes, two to tight end Will Disley. Ben Roethlisberger left the game late in the first half with a right elbow injury. He was replaced by Mason Rudolph. As that was the NFL in action, it was brought to you by Bigelow Tea, the tea of choice of Phil Sims and Bob Papa. Glad to have you aboard as we move forward here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Bills 28, Giants 14 as the Giants now 0-2 on the young season. Let's find out how we got to that final score as we take you through the highlights from today's contest. And the Bills won the toss deferred, so after the opening kickoff went for a touchback, Giants began their first possession at their own 25, just like last week against the Cowboys, immediately went to work. Saquon Barkley ran for six, then Benny Fowler picked up 20 yards on the ground. And just like that, the Giants were in Buffalo territory, first and 10 at the Bills' 49-yard line. Barkley ran two straight times for 22 total yards. So on the second and short from the 27, the Giants had no interest in changing things up. Second and two at the Bills' 27. Barkley slashes off the right side, cuts right at the 15, foot race to the 10, to the 5, to the goal line, touchdown Giants, Saquon Barkley, 27 yards out. That was today's scoring drive of the game brought to you by Investors Bank. Get the New York Giants checking account only from Investors Bank. With every Giants scoring drive this season, Investors Bank will donate $250 to Casa of New Jersey to help New Jersey's kids in foster care. That capped a five-play, 75-yard drive in 224. All five plays were runs. Ultra Grossas tacked on the extra point. Giants had a 7-0 lead. After both teams went 3 and out, Bills took over at their own 25, slowly began solving the Giants' defense. Buffalo faced just one 
third down as they leaned on a balanced attack. Five run plays, five pass plays, highlighted by a Josh Allen 26-yard strike deep down the left side of the field to a wide-open Isaiah McKenzie. That put the Bills at the Giants' 22-yard line. And three plays later on a first and 10 at the 11, Allen scrambled for five, setting up a second and five at the six. Much like the Giants, the Bills decided to go with what was working. Second and five at the Giants' six. Three receivers fan to the near side left. Allen's going to run it on a sweep, gets the corner, gets a block, and is in for the touchdown. That capped a 10-play, 75-yard drive in 546. Stephen Hauschka added the extra point. Game was tied at 7. After the Giants once again went three and out, Buffalo took over at its own 30, picked up where it left off on the previous drive. On the very first play, Allen connected with tight end Dawson Knox for 18 yards. Then three plays later on a third and 10 at the Bills' 48, Allen found John Brown for a 14-yard gain, and the Bills were back in Giants' territory on a drive that carried over to the start of the second quarter. Later in the drive, Buffalo faced a third and five at the New York 33. Allen connected with Brown again for seven, and the Bills had a fresh set of downs. They eventually faced yet another third down, third Third and 10 at the 26, and Allen's pass to Cole Beasley turned into a 12-yard gain, good enough for the first down as he made a man miss. The Bills went 3-for-3 three three on third down on this drive. With the passing game clicking, Buffalo turned to the ground attack to mix things up on a first and 10 at the 14. It's first and 10 at the Giants' 14 in a 7-7 game, but the Bills threaten it. Allen, handoff left for Singletary, gets a block. Baker got pushed away, and Singletary just walks in for the touchdown. That wrapped up an 11-play, 70-yard drive in 4:15. Hauschka tacked on the extra point. Bills moved in front 14-7. After the Giants punted for the third straight possession, they backed up the Bills all the way at their own two. While that wasn't a problem for Buffalo, on second and nine from the three, Allen hooked up with Brown for 15 yards. Then later in the drive, on first and 10 at the 31, Allen found Zay Jones for 14, and the Bills were once again moving the chains. After a holding penalty backed up Buffalo to its own 35, Allen once again found a way to dig them out of a hole as he connected with Beasley for a 51-yard gain. So the Bills were knocking on the door again, first and 10 at the New York 14, Giants defense in desperate need of a stop. First and 10 at the Giant 14. Little end around to McKenzie. He gets a block. Peppers gets pushed out of the way. Manhandled and McKenzie is in for the rushing touchdown. Yes, it was that type of an afternoon for the Giants' defense. That kept a seven-play, 98-yard drive in 426. Three straight possessions, three straight touchdowns for the Bills. Hauschka added the extra point, and Buffalo padded its lead 21-7. That would be the score at the half. Skip ahead to the fourth. It was now 21-14, Bills, after the Giants put together a 12-play, 76-yard drive that milked 6-17 off the clock and was capped off by Eli Manning four-yard touchdown pass to T.J. Jones in the back of the end zone. Following a touchback on the ensuing kickoff, Buffalo took over at its own 25, and it's a one-score game. The Bills eventually got down to the 38, where they faced a second and nine. Josh Allen's pass intended for Zay Jones fell incomplete, but Janoris Jenkins was called for a hold, and the Bills got a fresh set of downs. Later in the drive, on a third and six from the New York 40, Allen connected with Brown for 17 yards, and on the very next play, Singletary pushed his way through the Giants' defense for a 20-yard pickup. That made it first and goal at the three, which would become third and goal at the three. Allen's pass fell incomplete, so on fourth and goal, Sean McDermott turned to his field goal unit for a 21-yard attempt. Hauschka delivered, but on that attempt, Dexter Lawrence was called for unnecessary roughness for going over the center. Instead of a 24-14 Bills lead, they now had a fresh set of downs at the two. Frank Gore picked up a yard, and on the next play, the Bills once again fed their veteran back. Two tight ends to the right. Allen gives for Gore. He runs left, and he runs over. 
Connolly for the touchdown. He said, take that, rookie. So Frank Gore pops it in. And now the Bills are an extra point away from going up 14. That was the Giants' turning point to the game. Listen to Boomer and Geo on our flagship station, WFAN, tomorrow morning in the 9 a.m. hour for the Giants' turning point contest. The first correct caller to name the game's turning point will win a pair of tickets to the Giants' play against the Redskins on September 29th. 13 plays, 75 yards, 6.03 off the clock. Bills' third rushing touchdown of the game. Hauschka added the extra point. Bills pushed their lead back to two scores, 28-14, and that would be the final as the Giants lose two straight games to kick off the season and they are now 0-2 for the sixth time in the last seven campaigns. We will step aside when we come back. Carl Banks will rejoin me. We'll continue to break down the ins and outs of this loss for the New York Giants as they will look to regroup on the road next week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck. This is Marcus Golden, and you're listening to Giants Football on The Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. So glad you could join us. Lance Meadow with you here as we are recapping the Bills' 28-14 victory over the Giants. The network more people rely on gives you more. Get amazing rewards like NFL tickets and once-in-a-lifetime experiences with Verizon up only on Verizon. And I bring in Carl Banks as we continue to recap an 0-2 start for the Giants. And, Carl, it goes without saying the defensive struggles continued, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. This is a Giants offense that now has failed to reach 20 points in each of the first two games, 17 against the Cowboys, 14 against the Bills. Now, Buffalo certainly has had a well-documented, strong defense over the last few years, but the third-down struggles have been an absolute killer. They are now 5 of 23 in the first two games combined, and a lot of it is not necessarily, Carl, what the opposition is doing, but it's them shooting themselves in the foot, drop passes, penalties, and so forth. Well, you know, I mentioned it during our broadcast or game broadcast is that when you're down players the margin of error is very slim you've got to be hyper focused on the little things and every person every coach you've got to approach it that way because you can steal opportunities when you're down but then there are the ones that you can you just have to have when the play is right the quarterback got you in the right area and you drop a ball Kills a drive, now you're punting. Or the next possession, there's a penalty. Now you're backed up even more. You just can't operate that way when you are a team that's struggling to get some type of rhythm. Margin for error is minute. It's almost non-existent at this point, especially even on the defensive side of the ball. And you know That brings us to that facet of the team because you could also argue, Carl, penalties hurt that part of the team. And this is the second straight week. If you remember against the Cowboys, it was a 21-7 game, mm-hmm. and Dallas put together another touchdown drive last week, and the Giants picked up two defensive penalties, which helped continue the drive. It was Tade Davis, a holding call on a second and 20. It gave the Cowboys a free, fresh set of downs. And then later in the drive, Marcus Gold Golden defensive offside. Instead of a third and nine, it's a third and four. Dak yep. Prescott runs for eight. So what happens today? This is defense slash special teams, Carl. Dexter Lawrence. You hold Buffalo to a field goal, and instead they're able to punch it in eventually for a touchdown. Well, yeah, and, and in the process, 
there were two things that happened on that particular drive. You got a holding call on your linebacker out in space on Singletary, Connolly on Singletary. Well, you say it wasn't that big of a deal because it was a five-yarder, but what did it do? It kept the clock running, gave them more opportunities to get down the field, and then they continued to go down the field, and then you get the one thing that you couldn't have is a penalty on a field goal attempt. Now you give them first and goal at the one-yard line, they punch it in, now you're down two whole scores instead of a touchdown in the field goal. It's two scores, but 14 as opposed to 10 is a lot Huge. easier to um, overcome. And Buffalo certainly set the tone in the red zone today, 4 of 4. It didn't help that the Giants also were minus 2 again in turnover differential. One of the things you brought up when we started Mercedes-Benz Giants extra point is a lot of people calling for DeAndre Baker the defense to cater to his needs of press coverage as he did in college because a lot of wide-open opportunities Carl was seeing over the first two weeks. What are you seeing? It's not just clearly one player, but why is it now in back-to-back weeks we're seeing Randall Cobb, Michael Gallup, Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie, and so forth? Well, I'm going to give you the short version before I give you the long version. (laughs) The kid's head is swimming right now. He's got so much going on uh, that He's some of his play is defying instinct, natural cornerback instinct. Um, the reason you ask people are asking to let him press, he doesn't do that well either yet. Um, when they needed him to press Amari Cooper, he backed up and opened the door and let him out. Uh, today they had a couple situations where he's in press coverage, just let the guy run. And then the one time he did, he didn't know when to let go. Um, so in my opinion, I think the kid's head is swimming. I think number one, he needs to go home and have one of those, uh, one of those talks like the guy from Saturday night live. I'm good enough. I'm smart <laughs> in enough. The yep. I'm strong enough and guard done. And I'm an NFL cornerback <laughs> because he is. But the thing is, I just think schematically they've got so much going on that this kid is just doesn't know whether he's coming or going half the time. You know, down and distance plays where there's, let's say, a third and eight, and he's back 12, and the you know receiver just runs, turns, catches the ball, and then he's still two yards away. Instinctive stuff that he normally does, that he knows he knows better. But I think confirmation of the fact that the young man's head is swimming with just too much information they had, I don't know, if one of the biggest pass plays. They ran a player up the seam and a wide receiver up the sideline. And gosh darn if he didn't turn inside and take the guy up the seam. And it was contrary to any instincts of a cornerback. You never, you're the outside guy. Why would you ever, with a guy streaking right by you, turn to go to the guy on the inside where the safety is sitting? And that told me right there that there's so much confusion on that that his head is swimming. 51-yard play. For and, Cole Beasley. Yeah, for Cole Beasley. Like, it wasn't any trickery. He was already lined up out there. And he, for some reason, turned inside. And, to, and like, you can't do that. You're the outside guy. You're a corner. It defies instincts to turn a guy loose up the sideline to take a guy running in the middle of the field. You can't do that. <clears throat> so... He's got to get his confidence back. 
But I believe they've got to simplify this defense. I don't know what the profile of this defense. Are they man? Are they cover two? Are they cover three? Are they a blitzer? They don't – they just – it's just kind of a, you know, we'll see as – we'll take it as we go type defense. They don't have a base. And I think they need to de- establish that for the sake of some of these young players. Especially when the fundamentals are also breaking down because yeah. not only did you mention the Cole Beasley 51-yard game, there was another play on the opposite side of the field. They dump it off to Beasley, and then you have an opportunity to prevent him from getting the first down. A missed tackle, he forces a guy to be missed, and he picks up the first down. So yep. those breakdowns, too, certainly coming back to haunt the New York Giants, and it will be very interesting to see how they regroup as they go back on the road to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next Sunday. Well, we are going to be back on the fan in New York to take your calls in just a second. But right now, we say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network. The final score once again, Bills 28, Giants 14. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants radio network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Giants Extra Point continues. We'll be back to take your calls right after this. On the fan, Sports Radio 66, WFAN AM and 101.9 FM, WFAN FM New York. 877-337-6666 is the telephone number. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. This is Olsen Pierre, and you're listening to Giants Football on the fan, WFAN and WFAN FM New York. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Alongside Bob Pop, who now joins us, and Carl Banks. I'm Lance Meadow as we are recapping the Bills' 28-14 victory over the Giants. The Toyota Celebration touchdown total for today's game is two. That makes four touchdowns for the Giants this regular season. Dear driver, hurry in and save Toyota. Let's go places. 877-337-6666 is the telephone number as we'll be fielding your phone calls as we move along here on Giants Extra Point. And let's open up the lines as we check in with Stuart, who is in Brooklyn. Stuart, welcome to WFAN. What do you got for us? Hey, Lance, call Bob. Uh, three points that I wanted to make. Um, one is I, I don't understand Shermer. You know, after the Giants got a 7 nothing lead, every drive since they scored a, a touchdown, they have thrown more than they ran. They ran like five straight plays to 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 get a, a touchdown. I just don't understand it. And my second point is with uh, Fetcher's uh, defense, it is it is anything but but, uh, but aggressive. I mean, you're giving a 15 yard cushioning while sending six guys. I mean, the offense is going to convert every time, but they're just making it too easy for the opposing offense. And and my third point is, you know, the Giants cannot continue to line DeAndre Baker up beyond the first down marker. And giving away easy completions uh, and on first downs, you can't keep letting the Bills get third and ten, and a third and six on a, on a drive for the go-ahead touchdown. I don't disagree with you. Anything you said there, um, I think the more you can make Saquon Barkley a clear and present threat to a defense, it opens things up. It keeps your offense and rhythm because even if they stop him for a two-yard gain, three-yard gain, they're all on high alert every time there's a threat to get him the ball. And that's, you know, when they were trying to come back and get the thing within a a one-score game, that was the type of offense they were running. Uh, As it relates to the defense and uh, DeAndre Baker, I just told Lance a few seconds ago, I think his head is swimming. He is doing things that defy 
the cornerback position, and he's a pretty good corner coming out. Uh, but he's done things. I saw things today that just defies logic in terms of, you know, your instincts as a corner when they had the 51-yard um, play, the 51-yard pass to Cole Beasley. He's the outside guy, the furthest guy on the offense. You're the furthest guy on the defense. There's no reason, no reason that a cornerback would turn inside and let a guy run scot-free down the sideline. That defies his instincts as a corner. And that tells me that he's got way too much information in his head that he's trying to process. And it's got to be, it's got to go back to being as simple as playing cornerback for him. And right now I think he's, he's processing a lot um, and he's defying whatever his instincts ever were as a corner. Cause you would never, if, if he didn't know what the defense call was and you said, okay, just go out there and play corner. He would cover the widest guy on the field running down the sideline scot-free. So I, it just doesn't make sense to me why he would turn in on a guy and leave a guy on the outside as a corner. And he's a pretty good corner coming out of college, and I still believe he is, but he's just he's, his brain is locked right now, in my opinion. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but I can tell the way he's playing. You know, he's a press corner don't have confidence in his ability to press now. And then the one time he did it today, effectively, he got called for holding because he didn't want to let the guy go. So it's, you know, down in distance. He's a pretty good corner. He's got good coaching coming out of college. If it's third and eight, you're not going to be at 14 coming back up to make the play. You're going to put your heels at the first down marker and play the sticks. But he's beyond the first down marker and coming up to try to make a tackle. Those are just not things that this kid would normally do. I just think his head is spinning. There's way too much information for him right now, uh, and it needs to be simplified. And He needs to get back to having that conversation with himself that I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, I'm an NFL corner. Because right now he's not. He's just – He's a guy that's just got a lot going on. And appreciate the phone call, Stuart. Thanks so much for weighing in. 877-337-6666 as we're recapping the Giants' 28-14 loss to the Bills here at MetLife Stadium. Let's head back to the phone lines. We check in with Robbie in Lennox. Robbie, welcome aboard to WFAN. What do you got for us? Hey, gentlemen. Well, thank you for taking my call. I'm going to try to rest my voice from screaming at Coach Shermer. Guys, a couple of points. First of all, we all know this is a bad defensive unit. We all know it's a work in progress, okay? But I think they should switch to a 4-3 four, four, defense because in the 4-3 defense, 34 defense, you have to have linebacking. And it's obvious this team does not have good linebackers, okay? But my problem with Shermer drives me crazy. You know, Saquon Barkley is probably the, arguably the best running back in the NFL, okay? This game turned when this knucklehead decided he was going to put Barkley on the bench when it was a second down and five. You have two plays to make five yards. Run the football. We all know... You know, 
back in when the Carl was playing. We all know the Giants lacked the pass rush back when they won Super Bowl 25. So what did Bill Parcells do? He kept Kelly and the, and the Bills off the field by smash-mouthing them and playing a, a controlled football. And the other thing is that when you have a limited amount of receivers, and Carl was saying this because I listened to Bob and Carl all through the broadcast today, and he was saying how when you have a lack of receivers that your, that your mistake margin is very, very minimal. And how many times, Carl, did you and Bob say, give it to Barkley, give it to Barkley? This coach is clueless. He makes Ben McAdoo look like Tom Landry, okay? This is a bad coach team. Mistakes after mistakes, bad penalties. This, has been go- this hasn't been going on for two years. This has been going on for a long time with every regime that the Giants have put in the last few years. And I'm sick and tired of watching Shermer not use Barkley in situations where he can use him. And I have to say this personally, with no offense to Eli Manning, it's not all his fault, but it's time to see Daniel Jones. It's time to move on to the kid. It really is time, and that's just my thoughts. I'll get your thoughts, and thank you as always. You guys do a great job. All right, Robbie. Appreciate the phone call. In terms of Saquon Barkley, 21 touches today compared to 15 in the last game, and I think he was referring to a circumstance earlier in the game. It was a second and five at the Giants' 35, and then it was a third and five. But remember, then there was a penalty on T.J. Jones, false start, and now all of a sudden a third and five becomes a third and ten, which has been a troubling issue right. for this team, Carl, in terms of them shooting themselves in the foot, especially even when it seems as if they're in manageable third downs down and distance-wise. Well, that's that's... The problem, um, this team, when you know you can't make a lot of mistakes, tend to find ways to make mistakes. And they don't know the urgency or the sense of urgency of what they're up against. And they don't play like they have a sense of urgency. They came out the first drive and did well. But as the, as the game went on, it just kind of it waned. And it just became football. You've got to have a sense of urgency the entire game when you don't have a, um, a great margin for error. Carl, um, from an offensive standpoint, right, you know, they had the script and they moved the ball down the field and come out in the next series and start doing some different things. Why, why, why do teams kind of get away from a, a series of plays that worked? Um, Bob, I, I think that's, that's a matter of you, you've got to ask the coach that. You know, I'm from the school of if it ain't broke, don't break it. And if it's working, keep going at it until they stop it. And I just don't know. I mean, they so many good things, so much momentum <clears throat> that they generated. And I'm sure the defense was on its heels. You did them a favor by going away from some of those things that, that was working. So um, I can't answer it. Um, but like I said, if it, don't, if it ain't broke, don't break it is my philosophy. And, you know, one of the problems the Giants are having, Lance, you talk about third downs, and Eli talked about it after the game. They're 5 for 22 on third downs this year, which is a horrible percentage. But of those 22 attempts, 10 have been 9-plus. They're 0 for 10 on 9-plus. They got nobody that can really threaten you. I was talking with that, about that with Rick Cruz um, on the TV post game. But, man, if you're going to put yourself in third and ten because of a penalty or whatever the case might be, a drop pass or something on second down that leads to third and ten, this team doesn't have a great eraser in the passing game that you can make up third and ten. No, you don't, and that's the reality. These are the things that I, I am most concerned with, Bob, is that they don't really realize 
that they don't have a guy who can all of a sudden erase a bad penalty that took you from a third and five and now you're a third and ten and you can go to a guy and he can make it happen for you. They don't have that. They've got to play with a sense of urgency. They've got to play with a great deal of, of um, focus on the little things because they can't afford to put themselves in positions where they don't have plays or players to get them out of predicaments. And what didn't help matters on that subject is when Cody Latimer had to leave the game with a concussion because, to Bob's point, you can certainly argue they may not have vertical threats after the injuries that they've suffered with Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate having to serve a four-game suspension, but at least Latimer gives them the ability to somewhat stretch the field, especially what he did last week when he had that 43-yard grab against the Cowboys. Well, let's look at let's look at down the stretch here. There were at least three times where Eli threw a receiver open and a receiver couldn't get there. You there know? was one that you were commenting on the broadcast to T.J. Yeah. Jones yeah. on the left side. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is what it is, but you can't put yourself in these situations. Again, I think the offensive line did a uh, – they accounted for themselves relatively well against a good front. Um, they ran the ball well at times when they needed to but they needed to stay more of a threat with the run. I just, you know, but for me, it's, it's not complimentary football. I think when you're a unit down, meaning your offense, and you've got more healthy players on defense and you can't seem to hold the rope enough to even get the, the ball back to your offense, you got a problem, you know? And that's, that's what it is. You got to be able, as my good friend Eric says, hold the rope. Just don't let it go. Hold the rope and, you know, give, give your guys a chance to get back out there and, and to keep a little momentum going. But, Carl, is some of that a function of the fact that the front seven doesn't have a legitimate stud? I mean, there's not a le- – I mean – you know, when the, when the rubber meets the road and you need somebody to really put the hammer down, who's the guy? I mean, Lorenzo Carter so far through the first two games, it, they, were, they were projecting big things from him, like he was going to be a dominant passer all over the field. Right now he's playing like a guy out there. I mean, Golden is a guy you're hoping from a couple of years ago coming off in the injury. Ogletree is a good player. Um. But there's not one guy that they have in that front seven that the other team's cracking on the tape and going, oh, damn, we got to deal with this today. Well, I'll tell you this. They built the defense inside out with guys like Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Thomason. But the problem is they don't have anything they can sink their teeth in. What is the profile of this defense from that one down to the next? Are they a one-gap team, two-gap team, stunt team? What is their cover profile? I think it's cute, you know, that the opponent doesn't know what you are. But when your team, when your players don't know or not effectively executing the randomness of your defense, then you got a problem. you got to establish a personality. What is your defensive personality? I don't know what it is. Well, on that subject, Carl, and – 
once again, piggybacking off of Bob's point about having that home run hitter in the pass rush, if you look at what James Betcher worked with in Arizona, when perhaps you were looking for well, what it was the identity of his defense, he at least had Chandler Jones. He had great erasers, like Correct. Bob said. Yeah. Listen, they could have very easily been turning guys loose in Arizona, and they never found them because the pressure got there. They had guys who were really that dominant. But it's the same thing. When you don't have, when you don't have the talent base that you come from that you built your reputation on, you better damn well have something that your team can be effective with. You Absolutely. just can't say, well, this is what I did, and this is how it's supposed We know how it's supposed to work. When you get better players, it probably will work better. But what do you have now? What can you give? DeAndre Baker is not Patrick Peterson at this stage of his career. What can he handle? You know, that, that's what you got to really look at. And I'm not knocking Betcher. It's a combination of both players – and coaches, because they're in it together. You know, the coaches don't miss the tackles. The coaches don't play poor technique. But it comes to a point to where if the techniques are so poor and they're not getting any better, you got to examine how you're coaching them, too. Patrick Peterson's another good one. Tyron Matthew, he yeah. had on the back end. Dayon Buchanan, yeah, you got a linebacker four, slash You got safety. four game changes on the field at yeah, the same time. Go. They can erase okay. a lot of things. <laughs> and it makes a scheme come together. Yeah, you can quicker. turn a few guys loose yeah. and don't have to worry about it because the quarterback won't have time to get there. 877-337-6666. Let's head back to the phone lines. We check in with Tom on Long Island. Tom, welcome to WFAN. What do you got for us? Hey, first off, Carl, big fan of yours. Really, really love what you put out there on Twitter. I think you're great. Keep you calling, man. Um, I got a comment, and then I got a uh, question. My first question is, um, you know, right now everybody wants to gang up on Elon. I go back to that earlier caller that says it's time to sit Eli for Daniel Jones. Eli doesn't feel comfortable with the wide receivers he's got out there right now because they're not catching the ball. Opportunities were dropped today. This team should have been tied with the Bills going into halftime. But you had an inexperienced wide receiver drop the ball on the far sideline, the Giants sideline, going into the end of the first half. There's just You can't blame Eli for these mistakes. My comment is if we're going to start holding people accountable, Carl, Shermer's got to go. He's done. I am sick of this guy. There is no identity with this team. You know, for years, everybody wanted to laugh at Tom Coughlin. Well, Tom Coughlin at least created an identity in New York for Giants football. You came in here and you respected the Giants. There is not a person in this country that respects this franchise. And it kills me because this team used to have standards. We've got none. And if Shermer doesn't fix this by the time we're in October, he's got to go. Not Elon. Thanks, guys. Well, I mean, Carl, listen, if you're watching the game on TV or you're listening, hopefully here on the radio, I mean, how many times were it where there were plays that you can see here in the stadium? There's nobody open. Yeah, and, listen. And my, and my question, you know, before, before, we're, before we're getting rid of Eli here, just think about half of his completions today. Half of his completions today were completions – where guys were draped all over the back of the receivers and they made either a tough catch, he made a good throw, whatever. Conversely, last week and this week, look at all the open throws hmm. that Josh Allen had to guys on the run, on the go. Yeah. I mean, and I said this, to, I mentioned this to Victor Cruz today. today was one of the first times that I can remember 
Well, I felt like Eli was a little frustrated out there. And after the game, he made his comments, and, yeah, we got to do better on third down. Gotta... But he's expecting guys to come out of breaks. He's expecting guys to – they're not there. Like that pass play to Fowler, the deep ball. Yeah. Carl, I think your, your analysis of it was perfect. He looked at the coverage. He said, I got a, I got a single-up guy here on a deep post. I'm throwing the deep post. For some reason, Fowler stopped running – 20 yards downfield, and then when he realized the ball was coming to him, he started running again, and the ball is eight yards incomplete. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's Find me a quarterback football, coach that would have said, that, oh, the quarterback made a bad decision. But you know what? In, in, in fairness to all, we, we haven't heard a lot about uh, Eli being the problem in this game. So, I mean, it is what it is. They're a team. Um, it's a team problem. It's a team problem. It's just as simple as that. And, you know, you sometimes got to play the cards you dealt. Well, these players have got to be better at what they're doing. Coaches have got to evaluate how they're coaching the talent level and what they're emphasizing um, because they're, I don't know if they're getting back what they're putting an emphasis on, and I don't think they're putting emphasis on making a lot of mistakes, but they've got to really – Really go and take a look at how this thing is shaping up because it's it's early late, or it's late early, I should say. And the problem that they're having is with the receivers hurt and with them not having Golden Tate, who that suspension really hurts them. And Darius so, Slayton. Slayton, who they drafted to be a deep threat, he almost never practices. Hamstring injury. Um, so not having these weapons offensively it's a terrible combination because we knew going into the year that the defense was going to be a big question mark the the premise was hey with Barkley with Ingram with Tate with Sterling Shepard hopefully Slayton could add something as another weapon that they would be able to move the ball score and have to outscore people because it can't really stop people yeah but now you got a combination of now everything is, you know, everyone's like, well, you know, they just, what is it with this offense? They keep checking it down. There's no place else to go with the football. No way. No separation anywhere. We are straddling the 50-yard line at MetLife. So we've got the best view in the house. And you're, we're watching the game, and he's throwing it to Ellison or Ingram underneath. We're looking downfield. Everybody's plastered. Yeah. There's not even a place to take a chance. Well, and then thinking, you know, speaking of plaster, we'll get into whether the defense is failing in one simple technique. Plaster. When quarterback scrambles. So There's your week, tease, Lance. And I throw to the break because they're playing the music. Absolutely. Uh, Dak Prescott <laughs> in terms of his mobility and then follow that up with Josh Allen today. When we come back, we'll get into some of the other defensive breakdowns that ultimately led to the Bills' 28-14 victory over the Giants. We'll also get you caught up with what is happening around the NFL in Week 2, plus your calls at 877-337-6666. We'll be back right after this. This is DeAndre Bacon. You're listening to Giants football on the fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. At the Geico Sports Desk with this sports update, I'm Lance Meadow. Let's take you across the NFL Week 2 scoreboard. We've got three games currently in progress, and then we'll get to the rest of the final scores from earlier today. We'll start in terms of the games currently in progress with the 
Bears and the Broncos in Denver. It is Chicago in front of Denver, 6-3, with just under 20 seconds to go in the second quarter. Also late in the second quarter, the Chiefs cruising past the Raiders, 28-10, and it is the Rams leading the Saints, 6-3. That score also late in the second quarter. Everything else went final earlier today. The Colts held off the Titans, 19-17. It was the Cowboys, 31, Redskins, 21. Dak Prescott, three touchdown passes to three different targets. Patriots clobbered the Dolphins, 43-0. Certainly didn't take long for Antonio Brown to settle in. He had three catches for 36 yards on New England's very first drive. Later scored a touchdown. Tom Brady finished with three scores, two passing, one rushing. New England returned two of Ryan Fitzpatrick's three interceptions for touchdowns. The Niners topped the Bengals 41-17. Jimmy Garoppolo, three touchdown passes to three different targets. Jeff Wilson added two scores on the ground. Lions edged the Chargers 13-10. Matt Stafford, a pair of touchdown passes. Texans 13, Jaguars 12. Deshaun Watson, a rushing score. The Ravens got past the Cardinals 23-17. Lamar Jackson, two touchdown passes to two different tight ends, including Mark Andrews. Jackson also added over 100 yards on the ground. Packers took care of the Vikings 21-16. Aaron Rodgers, two touchdown passes. Seahawks held off the Steelers 28-26. Russell Wilson, three touchdown passes. Two to tight end Will Disley. Ben Roethlisberger left the game late in the first half with a right elbow injury. He was replaced by Mason Rudolph as Pittsburgh off to an 0-2 start. So that is what is happening around the NFL. It was the NFL in action, brought to you by Bigelow T, the T of choice of Phil Simms and Bob Papa. So I think uh, Adam Vinatieri might retire tomorrow. Yeah, number of misses, field goals and extra points. <clears throat> well, after the game, he, uh, well, the media members, uh, he said uh, someone went to talk to him. And he said, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And the reporter, I think it was Stephen Holder of The Athletic in Indianapolis, said, well, you guys aren't available to us tomorrow. He goes, I'll be available for you guys tomorrow. Yep, he's probably going to call it a day. <laughs> Too bad. So the Indianapolis Colts have already lost their quarterback before the season started to retirement. And now ultimately may lose their starting kicker to retirement. Well, you know, they say kickers come, kickers go. But when you get a good one, you keep them. Well, it's a revolving door. I, I've, been a part, I've been a part of teams with revolving doors as kickers. so No good. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Alongside Bob Poppin, Carl Banks, I'm Lance Meadow as the Bills top the Giants 28-14. 877-337-6666 is the telephone number. For every first down recorded by the Giants offense this season, Stop and Shop will donate $100 to regional food banks in the New York metro area. Giants first down total for today's game, 21. That makes 46 total first downs this season, raising a total of $4,600. Stop and Shop, the official supermarket, of the New York Giants. Let's head back to the lines. We check in with Vinny in West Babylon. Vinny, welcome to WFAM. What do you got for us? Hi. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. What's hey. on your mind, Vinny? Baker is swimming in his own mind. But uh, but it's clear everybody is back there. They need to simplify what they're doing on defense. Play the corners press, one high safety, one low safety, one spy, and bring the rest. At the very least, on downs where passing is obvious. And and when will Shermer learn how to use his tight ends on third and on third and three on third and, on third and short? Well, wait a second. I, let Let's go here with this, Carl, because there was one play where they threw the ball to Evan Ingram on the third and three, mm -hmm. and it gained two yards. That's on Ingram. 
making sure you're getting to the sticks and past it so that the quarterback can throw it to you. I mean, Eli looks at him. He breaks out of his route. Eli throws it to him. Ingram catches the ball, tackled a yard short. If nothing else, he should be able to tackle and fall forward because he's catching the ball right at the sticks. Um, and the other reason why you're not seeing the tight end with the ball, the, the Buffalo Bills weren't crazy. They knew that that was the best receiver. He got the double coverage today. The other guys didn't get double coverage. It was Evan Ingram. Um, I don't know what to say about your 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 defensive game plan. I don't think you have quite the idea of, of – uh, of how it works with what you're talking about, but I, I get your point. Something needs to change. And it has to be, you know, fundamentals. It has to be a simplification. And I've said it for the last two weeks that they've got to simplify this, get them in something that everybody can play. Like I said, anytime you see a cornerback, a really good cornerback, top nation's top cornerback coming out of college, turn inside on a guy going up the seam when there is a wide receiver running down the sideline, then you know there's something wrong with what you, you've given this guy because there's way too much information because instinctively it goes against anything you've ever learned as a cornerback to turn your back on an outside receiver and run to an inside guy while the other guy just runs down the sideline. So that tells me they've got to make some adjustments in this coaching. You can't say it's my scheme, damn it, run it. Because the information you're giving is too much for these kids to handle at this moment. And you've got to be, you've got to be smart enough to say, hey, okay, I can get them in something they can all play, something they can play fast in, something he's not overthinking. But when you have, like I said, you know you've hit, the worst of it, when a cornerback can turn his back on a outside receiver to run up the seam with an inside receiver. That tells me that that is not this kid not knowing how to play corner. I've seen him. He's just got way too much information in his head. You know, going back and forth about DeAndre Baker, not to get completely off topic, but it's reminding me of Vernon Hargraves, another player that comes to mind who's now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers early in his career. It was a similar issue. They weren't asking him to do what he was used to doing in college. Todd no, Bowles no, 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 no. Let me stop you in. there. It's, they're never going to ask you to do what you do. You're drafted to come in and play pro sports. And if you're drafted high, it's because you have the ability to do more than one thing. But you've got to give players an opportunity to be good at what they do. They got to be able to play fast. If you can play press coverage, you can play zone coverage. Zone coverage is a lot easier. You know, um, this kid's smart enough, but you can't put him in press if he's not even pressing a guy anyway. You know, another guy we got to talk about, Carl, maybe it's still he's getting used to the new defense surrounding Jabril Pepper's been a non factor. Well, has the safety been a factor in anything, any of the safeties? No, but I mean, well, no, no impact again, whatsoever. This, this to me is the alarm that sounds that says they've got to adjust to what what they're giving these players. Because if, if your best player <clears throat> that you brought, and I and I still think he's a hell of a football player, if he's not involved in a lot of plays, then there's telling it's something's telling me that they they got way too much on their plate. Give them, simplify it, give them all something they can play, something they can be good at, 
you'll see the difference. It doesn't have to be complicated. Like I said, you don't even, you couldn't, no one can tell me what the profile of this giant defense is. If you ask any coach in the league, so coach, uh, what kind of defense the Giants play? Well, they're a little bit of this, a little bit of that. What are they good at? Well, they, you know, get a few guys free every once in a while, but not really anything. But you talk to, you know, good defenses have profiles. Oh, they're a cover two team, or they're a good strong man team. Oh, they got they got great inside linebackers. They can get this is oh, they'll give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, they'll blitz, they'll do this. What's your profile? What are you good at? You 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 focus on what you're good at and then you expand from there. But right now I don't see any of that. They don't have a profile. It's just and and I'm listen. I'm not bashing Betcher because I think he's brilliant, um, but I think he has to make some adjustments. But when you come in with a grab bag of plays and a lot of different rules to different things for defensive backs on a weekly basis, especially young ones, they just don't process that information that way. You've got to be able to give them something, all of them, get them into something that they can all do well and then expand from there. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll get more into the Bills' 28-14 victory over the Giants from a defensive standpoint, especially dealing with Josh Allen, the mobile quarterback, and how he was able to extend numerous plays today to keep Bills' drives alive. We'll get into that, as well as look ahead to the next matchup for the Giants, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as they head on the road to Raymond James Stadium next Sunday. 877-337-6666. We'll be back right after this. This is Pat Shermer, and you're listening to Giants Football on the Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Alongside Bob Papa and Carl Banks, I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you as we are recapping the Bills' 28-14 victory over the Giants as the Giants fall to 0-2 for the sixth time in the last seven seasons. They've also now lost three straight regular season home openers. We were talking about the defense and the breakdowns across the board over the first two games. And Carl, one of the things you alluded to earlier that I want to bring up is their trouble against mobile quarterbacks. Well, now two straight weeks where we've seen quarterbacks that have the ability to roam out of the pocket, extend plays, and Allen did a lot of that today where even a defender was up in his grill and he was still able to get rid of the football down the field because of some breakdowns on the back end. Well, late late in the play, um, opportunities presented themselves to, to Allen. Now, this isn't the first quarterback that's been mobile. This isn't the first time that they've had to deal with late play action, if you will, when a quarterback, when those plays get extended by a quarterback moving. But there's a thing called plaster rules. And I've heard these, this, this defensive backfield talk about plaster rules. Plaster rules are when the quarterback breaks the pocket, you find the closest guy to you and you plaster yourself, right? When Allen scrambled, there were guys wide open. Nobody was plastering. So I can't pin that on the coach when I've heard these players talk about plaster rules against scrambling quarterbacks. So they're not executing. So it's a failure across the board. And that just tells me, again, it speaks to what are you? What is your profile as a defense, right? You're not a, I mean, it, you can't be a grab bag defense in this league. You got to be able to do something well 
and you got to be good at the basics because the complicated stuff only confuses your players if they're not good at the basics. Yeah, and, and, you know, when the quarterback starts scrambling, you as a defensive back, you have the liberty to knock that guy down. You know, as long as the ball's not in the air, quarterback's running around, you're near a receiver, you knock him down, you knock him out of bounds if you're near the boundary. The alarming part, Carl, is there's no one near the guys as he's scrambling to even do that. I know. Well, that's part of the plaster rules. And we saw that last Close week. to a guy, knock him down. We saw that last week with Sterling Shepard when Eli Manning was running out of the pocket. What did the Cowboys do? Now, they took it to an extreme and tackled Shepard, and it probably should have been a penalty. Yeah. But they hit him. You can hit them, but, but they're not even know, around guys to hit them. Again, good defenses. You know what their profile is. They're disciplined. You know there's something that they do really well. That they can hang their hat on. They hang their hat on every week on this. If not, if all hell breaks loose, we're going to be able to do this. We don't have that conversation here in New York right now. We don't know. I don't think some of his players know what they are. Uh, I know his safeties don't know what they are. I know his rookie cornerback doesn't know what they are. You've got to have a profile, and you've got to have something you hang your hat on. What are you? What do you do well? Not on play-to-play basis. Well, this play, we were good at this, but we had a breakdown here, or we were good. No, we are a physical team. We play strong cover two, or we play cover three, or we're a blitzing team because we got good man corners. You don't know what you have good on this team. On any given play, somebody can play good, but you don't know as a group what they are. What do they do good? And it fluctuates Consistently. from play to play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, and the alarming part, the alarming part is you now I heard Coach Schirmer, Schirmer say, you know, after the game, you know, well, after we stabilized things, you know, we kind of held them down in the second half because they had scored midway through the second quarter to get to 21. And then they didn't score again until the fourth quarter. But we saw this last year. We saw this the year before. I mean, you get back in the game. You finally have a little positive momentum. And you, you get within seven with 11 minutes to go in the game. And then they use six minutes and three seconds and just stuff it down your throat and make it a, tw- uh, a two-touchdown game again. Yeah. That's where somebody's got to step up. You got to have a playmaker. You got to get off the field. All right, you give one first down. I got it. But that's Bob. You got them pinned on the two. They go ninety-eight yards on you. Like I, I love with my my because I have a good friend of mine from Texas. He says they just got to hold the rope. Just hold the rope. There are defenses that will allow you to hold the rope where you know you can't give up with X amount, and then you know you got to force a punt or you got to get a turnover because. They can't get past the 40-yard line, or they can't get to the 50-yard line. And if they get to the 45, right before midfield, we're blitzing. We're doing something. And if we're going we're gonna to zone, 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 zone. If they're completing some stuff, if they get into an area where they can either take a shot or change the field position for our offense, we're blitzing. If we get them stopped, we're off the field. But there are rules. We're going to play sticks. 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 Uh-oh, they're midfield. We're blitzing. You know, so there are things you can do to hold the rope. But this, again, you can't – I mean, and I, I don't know if the coach is frustrated as well also that his players can't execute this. But 
it's a team sport. Everybody's got to be on the same page. It's in everybody's best interest. It's mutually beneficial. Coaches and players, when players play well and they execute. So give them something they can do well. But, Bob, you're right. It's been an ongoing trend because even if you go back to the final quarter of last season, the Indianapolis game and the Dallas game, where you had the lead late and then the defense failed to hold because the Colts scored the late touchdown and the Cole Beasley touchdown for the Cowboys. You know, even when it looked like the offense was making some strides late last season, it was the defense that then could not shut the door and yeah, hold well, off they, at a close game. They averaged 28 points a game over the final month of the season, and they lost all the games. Yeah. So it's, that's what it's telling you. Yeah. And in contrast, because, Carl, you keep going back to the lack of an identity. Well, the Giants went up against two opponents in the first two weeks of the season between the Cowboys and the Bills. You could point to, well, you can use those teams as poster children yeah. of examples of what is their identity. If I was to ask you what's the identity of the Cowboys defense or the Bills defense, you don't have to stretch. You don't have to search. You know Dallas has very good linebackers. They're a well-disciplined defense. They stop the run. The Bills, aggressive, good cover corners. Mm -hmm. You at least know the principles of identity for those two yep. teams, and it's not a coincidence that and, both of those teams listen, are 2-0. Buffalo's going to count on their front. To get pressure, they're going to keep everything in front of them. You look at them today, they were in a lot of zone defense. They kept everything in front of them. They had a safety over the top of Evan Ingram. But you know what they were. You knew what they were. But they're aggressive up front. They can do some different things with their linebackers and defensive linemen. But this is who they are. This is what you got to beat. With this game of the books, here's a look at the current standings brought to you by Taco Bell. Have a giant hunger? Pick up a Taco 12-pack from Taco Bell today. Sometimes you just got to live moss. So the Cowboys beat the Redskins. They've improved to 2-0. They're in sole possession of first place. The Eagles are going to play the Falcons on Sunday night football. Philadelphia beat Washington last week, so they hold it 1-0. And the Giants and the Redskins both 0-2. They're going to meet in two weeks, but first... The Giants are going to have to solve the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road next week. A team that just won Bob on Thursday night football over the Panthers 20-14 to and really got the job done with their defense. Yeah, they did a good job against Christian McCaffrey. And they dared the outside guys to beat him and they dared the quarterback to beat him. And the protection wasn't good for Cam. His throwing accuracy, there's something clearly wrong with him, both with the foot because he didn't run at all and with his throwing and his, the surgery that he had and all that other stuff with the shoulder. But guess what? Every team's going to come in and play the Giants and say, hey, we're, gonna, we're not going to let Saquon Barkley ruin the game. Yeah. And what, uh, he got his 100 yards, and he had – but he, was, he didn't ruin the game. He didn't have the explosive plays to ruin the game. He had the one, and yeah. that was it. Um, Look, this is a Bucks team that's improved defensively. Their corners played great the other night. Yeah. And, again, some of these Giants receivers, they're going to have to – they got to win some of these matchups that they're getting one-on-one. -on -one. And if your quarterback can throw you open, just be there. Just be there. Out route um, to Jones. Hey, just got to – just come out of your break. The ball's right there for you. Chris Godwin's been their main weapon in the passing game, but they still have – I mean, Mike Evans is a stud. He's gotten off to a slow start, but, I mean, they're going to have their hands full with him next week with the way they're playing. And if you keep your hands off Mike Evans and you don't try to battle him, it's going to be pitch and catch all day long. Yeah. That's exactly what he does effectively. He's a receiver that works off of volume, and I think mm -hmm. he showed that in the first two weeks. And uh, one interesting statistic from a defensive standpoint for Tampa Bay, the Bucks have only given up one touchdown in their first two games combined because the Niners the first week scored two touchdowns off of Jameis Winston interceptions. 
So Tampa Bay's probably been one of the pleasant surprises on the defensive side of the ball with Todd Bowles, the former Jets head coach, taking over. Shaq Barrett, who they brought in from the Broncos, already with four sacks in two games. So it'll be very interesting to see how the Giants respond to the Bucks. Before we close up shop, let's see if we can squeeze in a call or two at 877-337-6666. Elliot is in Branchburg, New Jersey. Elliot, welcome to WFAN. What do you have for us? Hey, guys. How are you tonight? So I'm driving back from the game and I, I got two, one question, one statement. My first statement is last week during the Cowboy game, uh, they posted a stat that from the 2016 draft, which was a Sterling Shepard draft and the year the Cowboys got Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys have six players left on their roster from that draft. The Giants have two and trying to be as optimistic as I can be as a fan, that is telling of how bad year after year after year Jerry Reese did with draft picks. Because when you look at the roster turnover for this team, it's almost from when they were 11-5 and five a few years ago and in the playoffs, it's almost an entirely different roster. I think there's six guys left on the roster from when they were 11-5. and five. Well, the, the, this problem really goes back. You could go back as far as 2010 and 11 and start going through the drafts, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, that have led to this. This has been something that, you know, the Jarrell Jernigans, the Marvin Austins, the Oadigi Zuas, the Ramses Bardens, I mean, and the list goes on and on. Eric Flowers being a high first-round draft pick. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. was a great deodorant for some really bad drafts. Um, and and they, they, they're paying for it. They missed on Weston Richburg. They missed on Justin Pugh. They missed on Eric Flowers. That's two first-rounders and a second-rounder that you drafted in the offensive line that didn't pan out for you as a franchise for whatever the reasons are. So, yeah, they're paying. And, and Gettleman well, here's the has thing, come right. in and had to clean up that mess. Right. So that's part a of it i mean we can't continue like jerry reese has been out and mark ross has been out of the building for two years now right uh there's been an upgrade in personnel now how are you coaching your personnel it's all part of the process you get good players you got to have coaches that coach to get the best out of them you got to have a plan for those players so we're not listen we're we're jerry jerry reese is gone Mark Ross is gone. Now you play the cards you dealt. You've got competent people picking players. Now you've got to make sure that you coach those players so that you can get the most of their talents. Um, and you've got, to figure, you've got to constantly tweak that. That is the battle of any successful team, is evaluating your personnel once you get them in the building. And when you have them in the building, making sure that they are – playing at their optimum level all the time. Like if you're cornerback, and I'm telling you right now, DeAndre Baker's head is spinning. If his head is spinning and he's not grasping what you're giving him, don't give him more. Give him something he can get confident in. Grow from there. You know, and it's not a matter of, well, he's just, you know, he just wants to press coverage. That's not it. Like I said, when you see a when you see a 51-yard pass to an outside receiver and the cornerback turns to the inside and follows a, a 
receiver up the, up the seam, that's against his basic instincts as a corner. It never happens. Like I said, you didn't have to give him the defense, and if there's a guy running up the sideline, a corner take the widest guy. So that tells me there's way too much information and lack of comprehension, and it's not a, it's not a matter of this kid's ability. Now, you can, I mean, you can coach him up on his inability to press when he likes to be a press corner, but when you got a, a corner who turns and chases a receiver up the seam while another one comes down the sideline, that's against the basic instincts of a corner. And that tells me this kid's head is spinning. And that means you've got to coach them up differently. You've got to figure out how to get all these kids on the same page so that they can play their best. You got them in the building now. The job is of the coaches to make sure you get the most out of them. And it's not an ego play. You're smart enough coaches. You got to get them going. And the players have got to execute the techniques as well especially since it's an extremely young nucleus, especially on the back end of this defense, relying on young corners. And DeAndre Baker's next challenge is to solve Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. No, and the Tampa he's got to solve DeAndre Baker. The rest will take care of itself. If he solves DeAndre Baker and plays good football like he was drafted as a football player, as he practiced in training camp, he's going to be fine against any of these receivers. But until then, his head is spinning like a top. All right, gentlemen, that is going to wrap things up for us here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. It is Meadow. brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Peerless Boilers, America's best-built boilers. Bud Light, keep it crisp. NRG, the official energy provider of the New York Football Giants. Learn more at picknrg.com. River Spring Health, call 800-56-SENIOR. And brought to you by your local Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers. Visit mbusa.com for special offers. The final score once again, Bills 28, Giants 14. Our next broadcast will be next Sunday, September 22nd. Giants will visit the Bucks at Raymond James Stadium. Kickoff is set for 4.05 p.m. Our pregame show starts at 1.50 right here on WFAN Sports Radio 66, 660 AM. Jeff Fiegels and I will be broadcasting the pregame show from local NYC across from Madison Square Garden on the corner of 8th Avenue and 33rd Street. For all the latest team news, stay locked to Giants.com and the team's mobile app where you can also watch the Giants weekday talk show, Big Blue Kickoff Live at 1.30. For Bob Poppin, Carl Banks, as well as our entire crew, I'm Lance Meadow saying so long from MetLife Stadium. We'll speak to you next Sunday. Have a good one.